0: Great song, amen. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. What is it that you'd rather have than Jesus? Amen. In Jesus, we've got everything eternal life, the abundant life here on earth, the friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and died for me, loves me, is seated at the right hand of God, prays for me. Is he like the greatest prayer warrior in the world? He's praying for you, he's praying for me. And so I'm very thankful for that. And tonight, as we get ready for the message here, we welcome those that are watching in live stream. And I uh, just want to mention a couple of things to you. First of all, be praying for our country. Be praying for this election coming up, and uh, it's very important. Be praying for the the meeting tomorrow uh, with the, uh, the confirmation of Judge Barrett, and just that that would go and be God's will. Uh, we certainly seem like. It, It seems to us like it's God's will, and uh, let's just pray for the senators and those involved in that, and then just pray for, again, for the election coming up. I hope you're, you're registered to vote, and I've got my ballot, I've got it on the table, and I don't know what half those things on there are about, do you? I mean, it's like Proposition 22, 23, 17, 16. And so I've got, to, I've got to do some homework on that. And, uh, yes on 22. Yes on 22, okay. No politics in the church, please. You can't, you can't ask for votes in the church. Yes on 22. So everybody, we want you to vote yes on 22. You don't even need to know what it's about, okay. Just Carl says yes, we do it. And online, if this goes viral, you know, we went 22, it's passed, we're good. Amen. But uh, that is a good, uh, would be good to vote yes on 22. But I, I get them confused. I, like, I think it's no on 21, yes on 22, no on 23, but sometimes I get them all confused. Say, I just confused you. You're like, just, work, just this one, yes on 22. Just remember that one, all right? And, uh, but uh, I'm thankful for God's grace. I'm thankful that, that we uh, live in, Amer- in a country that's free. And we want to keep it free. Liberty, the liberty that we have to be in church tonight is, uh, is a blessing. And uh, so take your Bibles and turn to the book of Nehemiah. Book of Nehemiah chapter 1. As we jump into this study tonight, I want you to pray for Jen. She'll be leaving tomorrow to uh, head to Indiana for her father's uh, funeral service. And he's going to be laid to rest in Indiana. They had a memorial service at his church in Wyoming um, last week but this is this is the place where he'll be buried and so you pray for the family of course this is just a hard time we're thankful for heaven we I mean we're just thankful that our loved ones are in heaven Uh, it's just the bad part is we're here on earth without them and that's the that's what we pray for Jen her mom her family just for the Holy Spirit's comfort and the help in times of great grief as they're facing right now and then uh, we, we found out or Jen found out last Friday that uh, the girl's mother, that she, she has legal custody of Amethyst and Bella and has really had custody of them or taken care of them for the past seven years. And so the girl's mother lived up in San Francisco. Um, she was a biochemist and so she had a job up there and uh, she passed away. May uh, uh, and... Uh, Make her one. And so pray for, of course, Amethyst and Bella uh, at this time, and just uh, you know, pray for them, lift them up to the Lord. Of course, lift up Jan as she comforts them, and she's being comforted in just a very tough time. But I'm thankful that God can see them through, and I'm thankful that God, uh, though though the, the grief may seem at times too great for us. And it, and it, well, the truth is it is too great for us. But I can do all things through who? Christ which strengthens me. And so he helps us, he guides us, the Holy Spirit of God comforts us, gives us wisdom. So we're praying for you, Jen, praying for the girls. And we'll let you know we'll be having a memorial service back here and probably in a couple weeks or so for May. But in the meantime, just pray for the girls. If you see them in the hallway here, pass by them, you know, they're it's it's a it's a difficult thing. So if they talk to you about it, you know, mention it to them. But if not, just say you know, hello, and praying for you, you know. It's a hard thing, and so be much in prayer for them. When we think about life, when we think about the toughest things in life, you see, God, as we, as we found last week, and as, we find, as we'll find as we finish this first chapter here, God does his best work in impossible situations. You understand that? God is at his best in impossible circumstances. I mean, here's Nehemiah. This was an impossible situation in itself, that Nehemiah was the cupbearer of King Artaxerxes. I mean, he was carried off as a Jew, so he's the enemy. He's of the enemy, but he's such a fine young man that he's trusted uh, trusted enough to be the the, the wine taster or the cupbearer so he would taste you know the anything that uh, the king would drink to make sure it wasn't poisonous and he would he would protect him and we'll find here in chapter 2 when we get to that next week that he was you know he he came into the king's presence the king uh, listened to him and the king was the king got some I think he got some synergy from Nehemiah because he noted, we'll find out next week in verse 2, he saw when Nehemiah wasn't happy. He could tell by his countenance something was troubling him. But you think about this now. Nehemiah in chapter 1, verse 1, it says the month of Chislu, and that's November, December, that's in that time. When we start chapter 2, it's the month of Nisan. And so that's four months later. So what we see is that Nehemiah prayed for four months. He prayed and sought God. He looked to God. I mean, he's he's not in any hurry to jump out before God without praying about it, without taking this great burden. And believe me, he had a great burden. He wept. Um, uh, He fasted. He prayed. And he sought God. And so... He, he sought God and prayed about it for four months before he brings it to the attention of the king. And so I find that pretty fascinating that, uh, okay, so it took him 50 day, 52 days to build the wall, so less than two months, so he prays four months and for two months of work. I think that's kind of a good thing. You know, if we're gonna see something happen special at Mountain Avenue Baptist, Calvary Christian School, If you're gonna see something happen in your ministry, your Sunday school class, children's church, bus ministry, nursery worker, uh, Christian school class, uh, whatever it is that you do by the grace of God and serve God, you've got to pray. You've got to pray, prayer is the key. The Bible says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. Do you know if the people, if the Christians in America would humble themselves and pray? and seek God's face. And the Bible says they're turned from the wicked way. You see, Nehemiah, when he, when he gets this message that the walls were torn down, they were, in, they were in ruins, the city of Jerusalem. They'd rebuilt the temple 100 years earlier, but the walls were burnt. I mean, the, the gates were burnt, the walls were torn down. And so uh, he is heartbroken but I, again, as we talked about last week, he was just an ordinary guy. He was doing an extraordinary job, but it was an ordinary person. He wasn't a priest, he wasn't a prophet. He's just serving in the palace. He's doing uh, the, the job that he has been called to do. And yet, when, this, when the word comes and he hears the, the need uh, and hears about the need of his brethren, he's moved he's touched and so we found that he went to prayer and uh, prayer is so important this book of the book of Nehemiah we have uh, 12 prayers recorded here in the book and so Wednesday night we pray Wednesday night we call people bring people's names before the Lord and we pray for our our church our school people in our church that are hurting and by the way Spikerman's uh, funeral will be a week from week from Saturday on October 31st, here at the church at 11 a.m. And so Bonnie and and, uh, Spike have gone home to be with the Lord. We're praying for his family, their family. And uh, we'll we'll gather here. We'll celebrate their lives, and we're thankful they're in heaven, and we'll pray, but we'll miss them. They were faithful people. They sat right in the back over here, always had a nice word to say, always had a kind word. Oh, that was wonderful, Pastor. Oh, that was wonderful. I always made sure I shook their hand. You know, if anybody's, hey, i got to talk to them. They're going to say something nice to me, you know. And by the way, we have all, everybody here that I speak to in, it, in the church here is uh, is nice. And, and, and not everybody compliments enough. I know that. Especially when I go home, you know. And the girls say, Dad, do you know what you said? I said, what I say? I said, they said, you said this. I said, I didn't say that. I said, yes, you did. I said, you're out of the family. You don't even... <laughs> And when they got older, they don't talk about it as much. But when they were younger, they all, they all were, they would critique. You know, that I said, girls, you know, I'm not, you're not judging me, okay? You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't talk to me about it. But it usually was something I said that wasn't, had nothing to do with the scriptures or the Bible. I would just say something off the cuff, and they say, Dad, you shouldn't have said that. And I said, you're right. And uh, I'm glad, aren't you glad for God's grace? How many of you have ever said something here you wish you wouldn't have said? All right, the rest of you are liars. Thank you, Jesus, for, no, I'm kidding you. See, I shouldn't have said that, right? (laughs) I just called some people liars. That's not nice. And somebody home in their living room just got offended. But um, they're watching TV anyways, well, something else, you know. No, I'm kidding. See, I just offended you there at home, you know. You're you're watching, you've got it on your iPhone, but you're watching TV. You're watching the you know what, you Dodger fans, I'm going to pray they lose tonight, because you're at home watching, and I just offended the Dodger fans, should I go on offending people, or just, no, I, you know what, I checked the score before I came out here, they're losing 5-0, well, you know, I'm like, come on Dodgers, anyways, I'll tell you the story, we're, we're in church, down in the Detroit Tigers, this is in 1984, okay, I'm in church in Atlanta, Georgia. It's Sunday night. The Dodgers are playing the Padres. And Jeff Payne was an usher. And uh, it was a big church, and there was a lot of people there Sunday night. And I'm sitting down in, like, the second row with my girls, my wife and girl. And Jeff, he's taking the offering, he walks down he says, Gibson just hit a home run. Tigers are up. I'm like, get out of here. The pastor will hear that. Because he, our pastor was very serious. He was very kind of mean. He was. He was, he was you when you were in the presence of the pastor, you are just intimidated. Oh, no. I hope I don't do anything wrong. But uh, he's a good man. I loved him. But anyways, um, I don't know why I mentioned all that, but let's get back to the message here where I'm safe. If we could cut that from the live feed, please, all the No, I'm, I'm rooting for the Dodgers. And if you're not, don't tell anybody in the church, okay, that you're not. So I need prayer now, so pray for me, because I shouldn't have said all those things. But anyways, you know, we're living in a world um, that's just gone kind of crazy. I heard a statement today, I thought it was great, and you probably have heard it before. The problem wasn't the apple on the tree. It was the two pears on the ground. Was that two pears? It was the pear on the ground. The problem wasn't the apple and the tree in the Garden of Eden. It was the pear on the ground, the two people. You see, it wasn't the apple. It was the people that ate the apple, right? And uh, you know, they wanted, to, they wanted to know what good and evil was. Well, they didn't want to know that, but that's what the, you know, Satan had told them. You'll know it. You'll be like God. You'll know what good and evil is. And so we're living in a world, living in a country, where people think they know what good is and what evil is. Right? People say, well, that's not evil. That's good. No, that wait a minute, no. That's good and that's evil. So if you base anything, I've, I've, I've said two things on Facebook that I, you know, I just asked for prayer for the president, and my, my niece in Michigan wrote a nasty note to me. I'm like, all I'm trying to do is love people. And then I shared something about pray, uh, pray for the unborn. Uh, for on on uh, pray for the babies on or vote for the babies and the unborn on uh, November third, and then I got a nasty note about that one. You know, well you you're voting for the President Trump. I said no. I told you I'm voting for I'm voting for, and I said this I'll never tell you who I'm voting for. But I'm always going to stand up for life, for the for the unborn. If I offend people for standing up for the unborn, that's okay, you know. And I don't mention politics or things along those nature because in here or in the community or in our school, because I want to reach people with the gospel. If I offend one person, I hate to tell you this folks, but November fourth is gonna be the same weather. Who wins that? You know, for us. We gotta live for God. And we've had kind of a conservative, we thought we had a conservative Supreme Court, but things haven't gone very much our way in the past four years. Now, it'll be better to have more conservatives in there than, than, than uh, liberals, you understand? But the world is rapidly moving away. If it's the world's coming back, it's going to be because of us, because we pray, because we get in tune with God. God, Jesus, listen, it looks bad in the world, but God's able. He can send revival. He can touch hearts and touch lives. We need to pray for our country. You know, someone has well said, there are many things you can do after you pray, but there's nothing you can do until you pray. Understand? So you've got to pray and then do it. Lay the groundwork with God. He's the thing that sets us apart. I'm thankful for Mountain Avenue Baptist Church, and I have mentioned often here the Word of God and the... Calvary Christian School. And we teach, but listen, prayer is what sets us apart. We open every day, every school, and every class with prayer. As a matter of fact, we open every class. We pray, we seek God, we seek the power of God. And so, listen, Nehemiah knows that the first thing he listen, he's got to go to prayer. He's burdened. You know something? When you get burdened, you've got to go to prayer. Prayer, that's what makes the difference. Somebody is, again, I'm repeating some from last week, behind every great work of God, there's, uh, there is someone kneeling somewhere. Many times when I go out door-to-door soul winning, and we have opportunity to see somebody get saved. I believe this. If I lead somebody to the prayer to, to the to the Lord at the door, and that doesn't happen very often, most people, you can talk to them. Maybe not most people, but if you get to talk to somebody, there's been very few through the years that you lead to the Lord at the door. A lot of people have led to the Lord at the church, right here at the church. I'm going to talk to them right here. They're here. We've knocked, probably, many have knocked on the door. When Mike Goodman got saved, he came here. When some of the teens left to, you know. Bill and Connie were here they sat here he was the gentleman that his uh, iPad went off you know started to talk to him you know and, and they they're coming to our church because teens came by their house just this, you know, several months ago and invited them to come over here in Beaumont before I would have been before coronavirus and so we go out we knock on doors we get but we pray we've got to pray we've got to witness and so we're praying for souls to be saved, praying for lives to be changed for the glory of God. And so um, we're, listen what we're, do, listen, what we're doing here is an impossible th- task. We're living in California. We're, listen, look at the ministry that God has given to us in California. Look at it. By God's grace, we're here tonight in church. And uh, you know what? You want to be here. And for the most part, your kids want to be in church. You didn't have to force them to come tonight. You didn't have to drag them. They came. You know, you're not like that. You heard about that person that was a drug baby. You know, I drug him to church every Sunday. You know, come on, you're going. I was, Here's my drug baby. You know, I had to drag him. you know. And uh, I was a drug baby. My parents drug me to church. No, the kids want to come to church. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the youth ministry we have. I'm thankful for the children's ministry we have. And it was going really strong before the coronavirus hit. So we've got to rebuild it. Sunday school teacher, when you start teaching again, you've got to rebuild the class. But you can start praying now for the people in the class. You can pray for the people on your roll, though they're not coming. You can pray for the bus children, though they're not riding the bus and we can't go get them. You can pray for them. We pray. The Bible says in Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. All things. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 um, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So this is what we have. We lay the groundwork with prayer. We look to God, and we lay the groundwork with prayer by the grace of God. Prayer moves the hand of God that moves the world. This prayer here that, that we see Nehemiah pray, uh, I've preached many times for the, from this text, people of vision, wanted people of vision. and just But really... The people of vision had vision because Nehemiah had it. You understand? Dad, in your, in your house, the vision may come because you have the vision. Sometimes in a single parent, it comes from the wife. Sometimes the wife has the vision. Somebody's got to lead and say, hey, we're going to do so. Let's do something great for God. I told our staff this afternoon, we get to teach truth. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by Him. There's no religion that can get you to heaven outside of Jesus. That's the truth of God's Word. Not only that, the truth of God's Word is that life begins at conception. Matter of fact, life begins when God, in God's heart and mind. Before Listen, before you, I formed you in the belly, I knew thee. God knew God had a plan. God is all-knowing. And so we believe in life. We believe in the family. And the family is sacred. God gave the family. God made you a man, if you're a man, and God made you a woman, if you're a woman, and that's sacred. That's special. Just like when God if, if, you're, uh, if you're from Mexico, God made, we were born in Mexico. You understand? Whatever nationality you are, I'm Polish. I'm from Poland. My family's from Poland. My grandparents spoke Polish. I could, I never, but you know what? I'm Polish. God made me Polish. That's it. You are, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so we don't have racism because every every individual, no matter what race, is special to God. God loves them. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. There's no race in here when it comes to God. We're all going to heaven, and we're going to heaven through the same blood, and that blood's Jesus Christ. When God looks down upon you, He sees the Spirit of God. He sees the the, the Son of God's blood applied to your heart. He's not looking down and seeing where you're from, what color of the skin a person has. He just sees Jesus, and that's the way it is. And so, in the heart and life of the believer, in the heart and life of this, of, by God's grace, this church, in our ministry, we see individuals the way God sees them. Why is it? Because it's special. You're special. You're made in the image of God. And God has created you to do a job, and he has a wonderful job for you to do. And I'm so thankful. There's a lot of places to serve God here at Mountain Avenue Baptist Church. You know, with, with with the ministry we have, the bus ministry, the children's ministry, masters club ministry, the nursery ministry, the choir ministry. There's places for people to serve. But as we serve, we don't want to, we don't want to uh, serve in the flesh. And so last last week we saw the prayer of contrition. That was the first point. He kneels before the God of heaven, the great and terrible God. He has great respect for God. He looks to God. He believes in the power of God. He humbles himself. When Jesus prayed to recall the Howl be thy name. Listen, when we come to God, it's a holy thing. God is holy. Now, I'm thankful he's my friend, but he's not my buddy. He's my God, my Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe I know him well. I've been, by God's grace, a Christian since I was tw- uh, March 12, 1972. But when I come into his presence, it's a holy thing, it's a, right, it's, it's a privilege. It's a pri- by the way, it's a privilege to be used by him. In his work. Someone who's well-written, the reason many of us have too high of an opinion of ourselves is because we have too low of an opinion of God. Whoa, I'm great. No, God's great. And look at all I can do. No, God, look at all God does through us. It's a prayer of contrition. Then we had a prayer of concern. Being concerned, he wept and prayed. And then he fasted. He fasted. And so we need to, listen, and we talked about it. When's the last time, you know, we pray for our country. Do we weep over America? Are we really heartbroken over America? Are we heartbroken over lost souls? Somebody that, you know, it just, just breaks our heart that they're not saved. And so we want to pray with a great burden. And so we pray without crying. We give without sacrificing. Many times we do the work of God without prayer and fasting. And so when we go, do we reap? You see, if we don't pray before we go, we're not going to reap what we sow. Do you understand? Listen, your prayer life, our prayer life as a church... Listen, before we go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to, get, to come in, we've got to pray for God to send, send the soul, send, uh, first of all, the Lord of Harvest, that he may send laborers. But those laborers, as we go out to labor, we've got to pray. We've got to be concerned. Tears. Um, he was, listen, uh, he was moved to tears. He had a great burden. He cared about them because of their great need. We think about the Bible and think about the New Testament. The Bible says, I have showed you all things, how that, so in laboring, you ought to support the weak. There's people that, listen, weak-minded, weak-hearted. Don't judge people out here. They're lost. And to remember the words of the Lord, how he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We give, we help, we encourage. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink, for in doing so you shall heap coals of fire upon his head. Now, we like that part, but you know what? We should pray for our enemy. Pray for that person to be saved. Pray for their life to be changed. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6, 2. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. All men. Who should we do good for, Pastor? All men. Wait a minute, should we wait for them to do good for us? No. All men. We're the body of Christ. We're the army of of God. We're the National Guard. You know what? We just get called up to do a job. Nehemiah is being called up to do a job by God. That mess, the messenger, his brother and those others that came to give him the message, they're messengers from God. And God sends messengers to us. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those who are of the household of the faith, Galatians 6.10. You know what we do? We treat, we treat our brothers and sisters Christ right. We help them. We encourage them. As the family grows here, as the ministry grows, you have people with all kinds of different personalities, but we do good to them. We help them. We encourage them by God's grace. We're, the Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. And so we sharpen one another. It's wonderful to come into church here and be sharpened by uh, other people in the, in the, in the church. Nowhere do you have that in this world. Nowhere. Nowhere. And to come to work here and, and, and see the people and see the staff and see the, the parents of the children coming onto the, onto the uh, uh, campus here and coming to church on Sunday morning and seeing the people who make it into church. I'm going to miss Les yours. He'd have been here tonight, come in with that walker. Him and John walk, would come walking in here with their walkers and down front here clanking. I miss the clank. I miss it. But you know what? We're here now. So until we get a clank get the clank, we just gotta do it. We don't need a clank. We just need to be faithful and caring. Les cared about people. He cared about lost souls. He was always talking about lost souls. As they mentioned so much in his um, at his funeral service, all of his family. And so we have to have a burden. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. I'm glad the Holy Spirit abides with me forever. I'm glad he takes care of me forever. I'm glad I can, listen, I'm glad I can introduce people and bring people to a God who can meet every need in their lives, save their soul from eternal hell, give them a home in heaven and, and give them an opportunity to have a great purpose in this life. I'm blessed. I'm blessed, and all of us are blessed to be able to serve God together. Oh, there was a prayer of concern. It was contriteness, but concern. Then a prayer of confession. The best prayers, listen, the best prayers that we pray are ones that God hears. But wait a minute, the Bible says if we regard iniquity in our heart, He will not hear us. So... People in America say, well, I pray to God, but they want to live over here and do, do things that are contrary to God. God doesn't hear the prayers of people that live contrary and willfully, willfully know that something is wrong, and they do that. God doesn't hear those prayers. of that. That's what the Bible says. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Psalm sixty six eighteen. 18 and so, listen, Nehemiah knew, listen, the, the, our, the people have sinned. The reason those walls are broken down is because of the sin of the people. And he, he, he understands that he's part of that, because that, those are his people. He's got to seek God. And so, we have a prayer of confession here. And so, we have to be careful. listen. As we've been talking about on Sundays, the devil wants to destroy America. When I say the devil wants to destroy America, I'm talking about you. He doesn't have to destroy something that's already doesn't care. He doesn't have to destroy people that don't know him. He doesn't have to destroy schools and church and organizations that don't worship him. The devil's going to come after you, get you to doubt him, get you to doubt God. Hath God said... If you pray, he'll do the impossible. You prayed, and that prayer wasn't answered. You understand? He'll get you to doubt God. As I've said often here, when we pray for someone to be healed, the answer was always yes. Yes. Either they're going to be healed and stay here on earth, or they're going to be healed with the minute they die and go to heaven. The prayer is answered. God's already answered every prayer. And so we just pray, God, whatever your will is, heal them. Heal them. And you know what? We get to be a part of it when God heals people and and God leaves people on the list. Praise God. Praise God. And so we have a prayer of confession and a prayer of confidence. Listen, he had confidence in God. He says in verse number 8, Remember, I beseech thee, the word that that thou commandest, thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you. I will scatter you among the nations. But if you turn to me, unto me, and keep my commandments, and do them, though there were those of, those of you cast out into the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence, and will bring them unto that place where I have chosen to set my name. So he just reminds God. Now these thy servants, these are th- they're your servants, and thy people, they're your people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and thy strong hand. So he listen, he goes and he prays with confidence and said, listen, if the people confess and they repent, then God, you've promised to answer the prayer. You've promised to, to move and in in, in, in work on our behalf. And so... He's claiming, listen, he's claiming, he confesses, he's contrite, he's concerned, but he confesses with confidence the fact that God will answer the prayer, that God will move. So let me ask you, Should we, can we have the same confidence if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven I'll hear from heaven. And so we're praying. we're praying here for America. We're praying for this community. We're praying for our church. You know, there are those that are scattered now. They don't, they don't come to church anymore. They quit coming because of the coronavirus, and now we're get, kind of gathering people back up. But I know people that used to come that don't come. They were just getting started and coming to church. So we, we want to gather them in again. We want to get them back. Get them back into church. Why? So God can do with them what he wants to do. But he uses us to bring them in. And for us to be the examples to them. It's it's a wonderful thing to be used of God. He prays, God, remember. Remember the promises you've made. You've told us. If we'll do, if we'll repent, if we'll turn that you'll bless. He reaches out to those promises. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 11, the scripture says, Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and his maker, ask of me the things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me, just ask me, look to me. God's promised to to answer the prayers. God's promised as we come to him. And seek Him humbly, but with His promises in mind. He'll meet the need. So we have to, we have to lead people. We have to lead our children. By the way, it's a, it's a weekly thing. It's a monthly thing. It's a yearly thing. It's a, it, Listen, every year of your life, you can't let up. We can't let up, in America, once this, once this election's over, well, we're all good. No. The battle still rages every day. The battle over the hearts and minds. The battle over truth. Truth. Young people, they don't know the truth. They think the truth is that, they, you know what, we, can't, we don't really know what we are, a boy or a girl. We can choose what we want to be. They don't, that's, what, that's what they're being taught truth. That's not the truth of God's word. That's not what the Bible teaches. And so we have to, listen, we have to be solid. We have to be, we have to stand fast, having our lords girt about with truth. And we have to just stand. And then we have to have that shield of faith and just move forward by the grace of God. uh, Listen, uh, fighting off all the fiery darts of the devil, the wiles of the devil. He's tricky. He tries to destroy us. So what what does Nehemiah say here? Notice in verse 10. Now these thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and thy strong hand, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant. You know what he's saying? I, God, I am your servant. Let thy prayer be attentive to, my, to, my, to me. Because God, I'm here. What he's saying here, church, is he's ready to go and do it. The walls have to be rebuilt. Hear the prayers of thy servant. I'm, I'm, I'm volunteering, God. I'm going to do it. These thy people, I'm going to lead thy people. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to be committed to the task. If you want me to do it, I'm available, God. I will will do it. In church, that's what we have to be is available. When we pray, Lord, I pray that people will be saved and lives will be changed, and then we don't go to tell them. We don't ever invite anybody. And so we have to, when we pray, be willing to go. We have a missions conference. You should be willing to go to the mission field. I don't really like to. I like being in Banning, California. I'm comfortable here. I don't want to go. Somebody said, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You know what? My plan is to be here. But God may call me to go to the mission field. I don't know. But I'm willing to go wherever God calls me to go. I'm willing to do whatever God wants me to do. And that's the way all of us, as this mighty army here, this mighty army just moves forward. It starts right now with just our neighbors or our friends. The people we shop with. The people we know. The lady that, uh, that I worked with for two, almost two years on Becky's uh, memorial stone that we placed out there in the cemetery. I would go to see her. Her name's Laura. And I'd call her and she'd say, oh, Pastor, I'm sorry, you know, I just, I, 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 you know, I, I just haven't felt well. And I'd say, okay. I mean, and then I'd call back and then she'd call me back in a couple of weeks, call back, oh, I'm so sorry, I've been in the hospital. And I'd say, that's okay, Laura, don't worry about it, you know. I mean, over and over, I'm talking about a whole year like that. And I'm so glad one day I went in and saw her just, and I sat down with her. And she says, I don't feel good. I've been in and out of the hospital. They can't, they can't figure out what's wrong with me. And I said, well, tell me your symptoms. And so she told me, I said, well, I think you should do this. I think this will help you feel better. So I went and got her some medicine, what I thought would help her. I came back to the place there. I said, Laura, you need to drink a lot of that fluids, and you need to take care of yourself. I know you're discouraged, but just, and, uh, but you know, I'm so glad over that year time when i was really trying to get that that stone ready for the grave marker and laura kept telling i'm sick and one day i just sat down i just asked her that day i said do you know for sure if jesus were to come back and she said oh yeah yeah i've done that i've done that i've done that i don't know why god just told me to talk to her about that well you know what i called a couple weeks ago we've got the the, we got the stone and everything but there was a couple vases that needed to go on the side and i called and her husband answered, and I said, "Listen, uh, I need to pick up those vases." I said, Is "Laura, there," and she said, "He said she died." I said, "She died. She died." I said, "Yeah, she died a week ago. She died." I'm going to the funeral this Friday, at Weavers. I was so sad that she died, but I got to tell you, I was glad that I was nice to her. I was glad that I told her about Jesus. You know, I'm thinking, oh God, thank you for, for helping me. Not to be selfish and wanting to get my grief and the, the lid on my grief, so to speak. When you when you have somebody pass away, there's things that you do that help you pass through gates to get to get to that a next step of grieving and healing. But in that time, she I'm just thankful I was nice to her. And then I talked to her about Jesus. And she's in she's in heaven today. And I'm trying to help her husband now. Tried to help him, gave him some information and getting some help to hire somebody and got some flyers sent over some information sent over to him. But when we pray, we need to be willing to go. We need to be willing to be the voice. We need to be the voice. We need to be the voice. We need to be the voice. Someone as well said, we, we, we can do anything, or well, we can do nothing until we pray, but there's so much more we should do after we pray. You get that? We can do nothing till, until we pray, but after we pray, there's so much that we can do and we should do to pray and not follow it up. Now, wait a minute. Now, we don't want to get ahead. The, there's two ways that we can be, we can be ineffective, we're so busy and so good at what we do is we don't pray about it, we just put the program out there. I can do this. I'm, I'm good enough at this. You know, then we just do the program without praying. And then we pray and we don't reach out. We don't help. We don't encourage. We're not striving together for the faith of the gospel. And so... We have to be sure and pray, but then we have to be sure and go. And we can't just go without praying. There's a balance there. And so, when we think about prayer, several things about prayer prayer teaches us patience. Nehemiah didn't rush out, he prayed. He prayed for four months. He prayed for four months. Isaiah 28, 16 says, He that believeth shall not make haste. And so sometimes we just have to pray about it. Just pray about it. Prayer gives us a perspective. It'll help us when we're praying about something. Okay, God, what do you really want in this situation, God? Don't just pray what I want. What do you want, God? What's the plan that you have for us? And so prayer helps us with our perspective. Getting God, on, getting God in focus. What does God want? Then prayer brings us peace. We can find great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Think on these things. Prayer will give. Listen, I prayed about it. Listen, listen, listen to me now. Listen to those of you that love God and love people. I'm going to help you here if you'll listen to what, when you pray for somebody, what you have to do when you're burdened about somebody is you pray and you turn it over to God, then lift it off of you and live your life. You see, when I pray and take all the burden on myself and think, well, I I have to carry this, then I think I'm God. I can't carry the burdens of the people. I can't carry that burden. I have to come to God and say, God, this burden's heavy. These people need help. These people need encouragement. I know how they feel. I know what they're going through. But God, I can't help them. You can, and I turn it over to God, and then I go have a hamburger. Well, not a hamburger anymore. Matter of fact, I'm miserable with my food right now. That's a whole other story. The other day, I was just thinking about McDonald's, and I said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to get me McDonald's. I'm going, I don't care. I, would, my, I set my face like a flint. And then and I, I don't know what happened. I had a cup of coffee or something and changed me. But I was just, I was going. I said, well, I won't get a Big Mac. I'll just get a hamburger. But I'm going to eat every fry in the bag. Because I haven't had a full set of fries in six months, a full bag of fries. I'll take one out of yours, you know. But I said, I, I'm not going to live. I felt, I said, I'm so sick. I need, I need a full bag of fries, you know. <laughs> Thank God he helped me away from that. That has nothing to do with the message, but just prayer brings peace. Peace. When we just feel like uh, we can't make it, we have peace. And so pray and leave it with God and enjoy your family, enjoy your life. And that's what God has given to you the abundant life. We all have burdens. We're all, listen, the world's crazy. We're all, want, I want to move from California now. I'm, I heard what the governor said this week, I want to move, you know what I'm saying? And But I'm not, you know? Uh, he's shutting down everything, shutting down all the restaurants, And where well, he's not gonna have a, the, you cannot take the vaccine unless he approves of it for the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, so we'll all gonna, we'll take a bus, we'll go to Arizona and get the, get, get a hamburger, we're not gonna get the, you know, whatever. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But you can, you know what? Not all of you want to get the, you know, the, uh, I'm trying to think of the word now. Vaccine. vaccine. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. The rest of you could not think of it, I'm praying for you. The vaccine. Not everybody in this room is going to get the vaccine. That's your choice, though. That's your choice. Not the government, not the governor saying, you've got to get the vaccine or you can't go on an airplane. You can't go into a restaurant. That's the way it's going to be. Crazy. It's crazy. But you know what? We're just going to trust God. We're going to live for God. Listen, when it comes to the coronavirus, wash your hands, wear the mask, keep six feet away from people, and just just live your life. Just live your life. Prayer brings peace. And then prayer makes us more productive. We're more productive when we pray. We've got God with us. I can do, listen, God can do a whole lot more than I can do. When we pray, God does it. When we pray, God works it all. all you got to do is come in there and you just kind of move things around. He's already doing it. He's already doing it. And so let's just look to him. Look, let's look to him. Again, he prayed for four months. The work took Two months. If he doesn't pray, does he get the job done? See, let's just pray, pray, and pray. You're going to get more results if you pray. You and I are Christians, whether you work, wherever you work, you can be more productive for eternity by praying for things. You can be more productive as a citizen of the United States by praying for things to happen. Praying for people, praying for, praying for the election, praying for uh, salvation of people. Let's look to God. You see, Nehemiah prayed. He wept. He cried. And look at what he was able to accomplish. God did it. God did it. And so as we think about rebuilding, we're kind of rebuilding the church. We didn't have church here. You know, we didn't have any church. We couldn't come in the building. We had a drive-in service, and we were inside. We had another drive-in service, then we were outside, then we were inside. I've just decided we're staying in the inside until somebody tells us we can't come in the inside. But we take that off the... No, I'm kidding. You. you know what I'm saying? I don't even know what we're supposed to do right now. I know we've dropped down to Purple. But I, when we dropped down to Purple, I thought that was... Wasn't there a, a rock group named Purple? blue purple deep okay James you shouldn't remember that deep purple they were wicked they were really a bad group but anyways um, you know now we're purple what does that mean you know and so it's frustrating pray for me I'm very frustrated with all of it but we you know what we're just gonna keep having church and now we're not trying to be rebellious We're trying to, we social distance. You got hand sanitizers. Put your mask on. You know, If you're going to be gathered around talking to people, if you're just heading out, just head out. We're going to follow that. And I want you to be healthy. I don't want anybody to get sick. But by God's grace, let's just pray. Let's be prayer warriors, amen? Let's pray for each other. Get the prayer sheet. By the way, the prayer sheets are back there. We're just not passing them out. Because we don't want, you know, have somebody touching, and then you give it to you. But you can pick them up there. You pick up one, just wash it, get your hands, put some sanitizer on, it and take it home. Pray, okay? Let's pray. God has so. Listen, listen. the The potential. There's no limit to what, by the grace of God, we can do here, with all the people moving to banning. I mean, people are coming in. And it's, it's just not, listen, we can see a lot of people come to Christ, they're going to need Jesus. Where are they going to find the truth? Who's going to tell them? We'll tell them. We'll preach the Bible to them. Who's going to give them Bible? Who's going to tell them about heaven, about hell? Who's going to tell them about the abundant life? Who's going to tell them what the family is, a husband and wife? Who's going to tell them that life begins at conception? Who's going to teach them that? Who's going to teach them that God has made you and God has such a plan for you and it's exciting to live for God. We're going to teach them and we're going to tell them. We're going to give them the truth. Obey those that have rule over you. Whoa. Would that change the world if everybody just obeyed those that had rule over them? If everybody just obeyed the police, would that change a lot of these things that are going on? Right. People wouldn't get killed. You've got to obey. So, by God's grace, listen, we're only limited. Listen, this church and our lives, and we've got good lives and we can just be average, but I, I want to be above average because we serve a great God. So let's just look to Him. Let's pray and let Him do it. Whatever He gives us, we'll be happy. Amen? But let's pray. Let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your, the, the wisdom we gain from your word. Thank you for Nehemiah. When the word came, God, he was broken. He shed tears. He fasted and prayed. And God, he knew. He knew what you could do. And he sought you. And God, we know that we're limited. We can't change this world, but you can. We can't win some people to Christ in our lives that we think will never get saved, but you can touch their heart. Help us to live faithfully. Help us to be, listen, help us to have contriteness. Help us to be concerned. Help us, God, to be committed to you by your grace. And Lord, finally, help us to have compassion. Thank you for your love and compassion to us. Now be with us as we're dismissed guide and bless, meet every need. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving, your tithes and offerings online and and just here in the church. And God has certainly blessed us. And uh, so we thank him and praise him for it. Uh, Have a good evening. Don't forget uh, Sunday. We're looking forward to a great day, 9 a.m. and 10.30. And uh, have a great evening. God bless you.